This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What if we told you that whiskey and vodka weren't just for drinking? It's true. Jason and Erica, owners of Distilled Bath and Body, created pit liquor. You heard me right, pit liquor. It's an all-natural deodorant that actually works. Ramona found pit liquor online and now says she's a customer of theirs for life. Pit liquor is wonderful. They save my underarms. No more sweaty, itchy underarms for me. So I definitely love them and will be a customer as long as it keeps the smell, I guess, away. Pit Liquor has no harmful chemicals or toxins and doesn't have any ingredients you wouldn't find in grandma's kitchen. I came across Pit Liquor online on Instagram. I saw an ad advertising no baking soda used in their product. So the difference between Pit Liquor and other natural deodorant is I do not stink. <laughs> I've tried several, several different brands and either I end up with an itchy rash or it doesn't last. But Pit Liquor for me lasts all day. Pit Liquor's risk-free guarantee should put your mind at ease. Head to pitlicker.com and use the promo code number one fan to save 11% and have it shipped straight to your home. That's hashtag one fan. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumlee. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in LA. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. That <laughs> A special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? We was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing, and I knew it right away that he was going to be good. He was making great passes and good reads and stuff like that, and I said, this kid's going to be good. He's turned out to be a star. He has a great upside to him, and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your hosts, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark. Welcome to... A brand new edition of the BSN Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wind here. Thursday edition of the show. Recording this Wednesday night after this latest Nuggets win. Yeah, they won again. Seventh straight game. 124-118 over the Orlando Magic. Got a lot of thoughts on this game. I'll get to those in a second. But of course, today we are presented by InWeGo. The subscription that can get you into almost any event in Denver with promo code BSN50. It's also a solo edition of the show. Christian Clark is not with me. He'll be back for Friday's edition of the show. We're recording Friday at Blake Street Tavern down in Denver like we do a lot of Fridays. If you're in the area, we'll be there about 12, 1 in the afternoon. Come on down. Free beer on me if you show up. You talk nuggets, talk about this game, talk about these games coming up this weekend and uh, this team. Again, we'll be at Blake Street Tavern Friday afternoon around 12 or 1. DM me, send me a message on Twitter if you want to stop by. I'll tell you exactly when we're going to be there. And again, free beer on me if you want to come down and talk Nuggets hoops. Lots to get to tonight. We got two questions on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, which I will get to as well. 
momentarily. First, though, just some overall thoughts on this game. First of all, this probably wasn't a game the Nuggets were supposed to win. These first two games of this road trip, I think Denver would have gladly taken a split. They probably would have even taken an 0-2 start to this road trip if it meant they would win these three or these next two or three. I don't think anybody expected them to win in Portland, then back that up and win in Toronto 48 hours later. You thought just by the nature of the basketball gods, this one would be a loss, possibly. And that's how it was looking for you know, most of uh, three quarters, I'd say. Orlando got hot from three. They really stayed hot throughout the entire game. Evan Fournier was hitting. Terrence Ross was hitting. Aaron Gordon was getting threes to go. Then the fourth, they kind of cooled off. They were just 4-13 from three. And Denver really won this game down the stretch. And the overarching theme from this night is that Denver won another close game, right? This is now three straight close games that they've won where the margin has been within five points, within three points in the last couple minutes of these games, going back to Portland at the beginning of this road trip, and then Toronto, and now in Orlando. These have been really close, tight games down the stretch, and it hasn't always been pretty. That's been the theme of this road trip so far. These three wins, the Nuggets probably haven't even played their best ball of the season. The Toronto game, they were executing in a lot of facets of that game, but it still wasn't perfect basketball, I'd say, especially down the stretch. They made mistakes down the stretch against Orlando. They made mistakes down the stretch against Portland and Toronto, but they found a way to win all three, and they're learning how to win ugly games, ugly close games on the road, right? I mean, the Nuggets are 8-4 and four on the road right now. Last year, they went 15-26. and 26. They were the second worst road team out of all the playoff contenders last season behind the Spurs. Here's a stat for you. The Nuggets have eight wins on the road, right? It's December 5th. Last season, it took until February 10th for the Nuggets to get their eighth win away from Pepsi Center. They actually got to seven in late December last year, did not win an entire road game in January, and then took until February 10th to win that eighth road game. That shows a tremendous amount of growth right there. To already get your eighth win on the road now and do it pretty much two months earlier than you did last year. And give a listen to some of these teams the Nuggets have beaten on the road this year. First of all, at 8-4, and four, they have the best road record in the Western Conference. Next up is Oklahoma City at 7-4, and four, so half a game up there. They have the second best road record in the entire league. Toronto's got the best record away from home right now at 10-2. and two. But take a listen to some of these teams Nuggets have already beaten on the road this year. Go back to opening night against the Clippers, who are the third best team in the Western Conference right now. They took them down at Staples Center. Look at some of these other marquee road wins over the Thunder, over the Timberwolves, who have looked very good since the Jimmy Butler trade. They put 103 points on the Timberwolves, who have been one of the league's best defenses since that trade. Then these recent two over the Trailblazers, over the Raptors, and now over the Magic. That's an impressive batch of road wins. And Orlando, they're no pushover. They came to Pepsi Center last month. The Nuggets really had their way, but Orlando's been a quality team this year. Their point differential probably doesn't reflect that, and there's definitely some regression coming with Orlando, but they got some players 
Nikola Vucevic has had an all-star caliber start to his season. I think he's being a little overrated right now, but he's had a good year. Got to give some credit to him. Aaron Gordon's a good player. Evan Fournier is going to fill it up on you, especially if you're the Nuggets without a Gary Harris. They got some nice pieces off the bench. Terrence Ross can get hot. Jeremy Grant's a solid point guard. Jonathan Isaac can make an impact on defense, especially. They're a nice little team, but the Nuggets are developing to a point in their organizational arc where they're going to take care of teams like the Magic, even if they're not at their best at home or on the road. And that's what you saw tonight. Nuggets did not execute very well down the stretch, I thought, especially late in this one. Denver's up three with seven seconds remaining. Orlando had the ball sideline out of bounds. Down 112-109. They needed a three for the win. You probably could tell they weren't going for a two. They were going for a three. Terrible execution by Denver defensively. Aaron Gordon's inbounding the ball. They pretty much let Terrence Ross just come free. It was a nice little play from Steve Clifford. A lot of screens, a lot of misdirections. Pretty much what happened was Malik Beasley and Torrey Craig screwed up a switch. Terrence Ross got a wide open three, like I said, with six seconds left. Drained it. The game went into overtime. Jamal Murray, who was ice cold to end regulation at one point between the third and fourth quarters, he missed seven straight field goals. He was 0-5 from the field in the fourth. Did hand out four assists, though, and I'll get to that in a second because it seems like him and Nikola Jokic are really developing some nice chemistry, really getting on the same page here over these last couple of games. So Murray scores seven of the Nuggets' 12 points in overtime, but Denver got lucky on an inbounds play with Denver clinging to a three-point lead. Jamal Murray stepped out of bounds twice, going around a Nikola Jokic screen. I don't know how the ref missed it. There were two refs looking right at it. Somehow they didn't call it. Somehow they didn't review it. Denver went on to win the game. So I wrote this in my recap in our Golden Nuggets observations on bsndenver.com, which you can read if you're subscribed to BSN Denver. I said call it luck, call it good fortune, call it a little bit of both. But Denver has some karma on its side right now. The basketball gods are being good to Denver. They won those first two games of this road trip over Portland, over Toronto, two really good teams, two probable playoff teams. They won this game and they didn't even play their best. Orlando got hot from three and Denver still found a way to win. The basketball gods are on their side right now. They got some good karma going their way for sure. I got some questions to get to on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. I got to take a break though first and I'll be right back right here on the BSN Nuggets podcast. This podcast is presented by InWeGo, the subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can for only 39 bucks per month with no additional cost or fees. You heard that right, as many events as you can fit into your schedule for only $39 per month. Brandon Spano's here and he's gonna tell us a little bit about it. Yeah guys, this year alone, I've been to Avalanche games, Nuggets games, Rockies games, Rapids games, Buffs games. I've been to concerts, uh, beer tastings, food festivals. I even went to a few comedy shows, so it's literally changed my life. <laughs> if it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that InWeGo can get you in. And here's where it gets good. We've partnered with InWeGo to give BSN listeners a great deal. Go to InWeGo.com BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe to get 50% off your first month. 
That's right, all the events you can handle for less than $20 for your first month. Try it and fall in love with it like we did here at BSN Denver. Go to inwego.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Inwego Thursday edition of the show. Recapping this Nuggets win over the Orlando Magic. The Nuggets have now won seven straight games. They still sit atop the Western Conference. They still have the third best defense in the league. Their offense, though, is creeping up the offensive rating leaderboard. They came into tonight, I believe, ninth in total offense. At the end of tonight, they are eighth. Really not that far out of, say, the sixth spot in offensive rating or the seventh spot. So a lot of those teams up top are clumped together, especially L.A., Houston, and Denver, who are separated by less than a point per 100 possessions. Denver's shooting the three ball well right now, and it's a reason their offense has looked better as of late, I believe. A couple of the guys who were in slumps to start the year are still in slumps. Nikola Jokic doesn't seem to have much confidence in his three-point shot right now. I still believe that will come around. Gary Harris, who's hurt right now, is still in a shooting slump or was still in a shooting slump when he went down. Jamal Murray's still not shooting the ball well from three. He did hit two or three from beyond the arc tonight. Nuggets bench has been carrying them from three-point range for most of the year. Wancho, Malik Beasley, and Monte Morris have been Denver's three best three-point shooters this year. They're both shooting over 40% from three. But tonight, the Nuggets nailed 11 of their 19 three-point attempts. As a team, Denver is the fourth-best three-point shooting team in the league over its last 10 games. The offense is coming around. I wouldn't be surprised if we look up in a couple weeks and Denver's in the top five in offensive efficiency. I think they'll get there. And a good indicator of how healthy the Nuggets' offense is operating is by looking at their assist totals. And sure enough, their assists were way up tonight. Denver finished with 34 assists against the Magic. They're averaging 30.4 assists per game over their last 10 games. So the offense is on the up and up. Nikola Jokic was dealing tonight. 13 assists, 48 hours after he went for 15 assists against Orlando. He was dealing tonight. I highlighted a few of his best ones in my postgame write-up on bsendeavor.com. Make sure to check that out after you guys finish up with this podcast. He was the fulcrum of the Nuggets offense tonight. He is in a zone right now. I truly believe that. Even though he's not scoring 30, 40 points a game, he's dominating the game for every minute he's really out there right now. He's got a little pep in his step. He's got some swagger to him when he's bringing the ball up the floor. He's really fun to watch right now. I want to go to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline for our first question pertaining to Jamal Murray and his future as a Nuggets closer. Let's go there right now. Hello, this is Corey from Florida. That was a good game. Another nice win against Orlando. I had to pull it out in the in the clutch. I was just wondering, and I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on, how long uh, will it take Jamal Murray to get comfortable to in, in the late-game situations where he's not making as many mistakes? He had a good game, definitely 30 30 points. I don't know how many turnovers he had. Shoot a shot in the uh, overtime. But what do you guys think about Jamal Murray and how long you think it'll take for him to figure out this point guard thing? Just a thought. Uh, he's a, definitely a great player with great potential. Uh, appreciate all the work you guys do with the daily podcast 
and go Nuggets. Thanks for the call, man. How long will it take Jamal Murray to develop into the late game closer that personally I think he's going to be for this team in the long run if the Nuggets do keep this core together and who I think the Nuggets want to be their closer in the long run? You got to have a certain makeup, a certain mentality to be a late fourth quarter closer in this league. I think Jamal has that. You can tell he has that because he wants the ball right now and he's not afraid to make a mistake. Now, he's made plenty of mistakes this year. He's made plenty of mistakes over these last handful of games late in fourth quarters because he's had the ball in his hands a lot. I think that's okay. He wants the ball, and I said this before, but I would rather have a guy to go to battle with who wants the ball late in games and is okay to make a mistake and is willing to make a mistake rather than a guy who doesn't want the ball and would rather defer and is afraid to mess up and is afraid to make a mistake late in games. Jamal Murray has no fear. That's why he's got the makeup and the mentality to be that closer of the future for this team. How long is that going to take for him to do it consistently? Look, I don't mean to burst your bubble, Corey, but two years, three years, he's 21 years old. He's two years younger than Monte Morris. He's younger than Donovan Mitchell. Learning how to play the point guard position in the NBA takes time. It's probably the toughest position to master. It probably takes five years to master how to play point guard at minimum in this league. And Jamal Murray's not even your natural point guard. He's a guy who's played off the ball some throughout his career. I think he'll get there. I still am a huge believer in Jamal Murray. I said this from his rookie year. I think he's got a ceiling between Damian Lillard and Steph Curry. Nothing he's done this season has made me back off that stance at all. I'm still as much of a believer in Jamal Murray right now as I've been through the highs and lows of his three-year run in Denver. I'm still a believer. I think he'll get there. It's going to take time. I think the Nuggets have the patience to stay with them through the ups and downs, and it's going to take a while. He's still so young. He's still got a lot to learn. Every now and then you see the flashes late in games, like in overtime when he had seven of the Nuggets' 12 points in the overtime period. You saw it then. But then you also saw where he still has room to grow in the fourth quarter when he wasn't making shots and you know when he's turned the ball over a lot at times this season. Now, I think he's getting better really in all facets of his game already this year. I think you can see a substantial amount of growth in his game if you look at how he's played in game one versus how he played here on Wednesday night. I think he's grown in a lot of places. I think he's gotten better. He's gotten better in the pick and roll. He's got better at doing some of the true point guard duties and performing some of those acts than he was earlier this season. He's got a really nice chemistry with Nicole Jokic in the pick and roll and the pick and pop right now. That hasn't been there at some points this season, so it's going to take time. Maybe two years, maybe three years for him to be that super reliable go-to score late in games that's rarely going to mess up and time and time again going to put his team on his back and get the W. That's going to take years. He's 21, and the point guard position is probably the toughest to learn in the league. But I still believe, and I think the Nuggets still believe, that he can be that guy for them in the long term. He can be the guy who they clear out the side for, and he goes to work, and he gets a bucket. 
He can be the guy that they clear the side for, and at 10 seconds on the shot clock, Nicole Jokic comes over to set him a screen. He comes off that screen going to his left or going to his right, and the Nuggets trust him to either take that shot, whether it's a three, whether it's going to the rim, or get the ball back to Jokic for a game winner. The Nuggets want him to be that guy, I believe. I think he can be that guy. It's just going to take time. And you see flashes of it. You're probably going to see a lot of flashes of it over the course of the season. You're probably going to see a lot of fourth-quarter mistakes, a lot of late-game mistakes over the course of the season, too. So there's going to be ups and downs, but it's important to remember he's still so young. Again, he's younger than a Donovan Mitchell. He's quite a bit younger than a Monte Morris, who has looked super polished at times this season. So it's important to have the long view with Jamal Murray, but I think he'll get there. I'm confident that he'll get there. Nothing that's happened this season has made me back off that stance at all. Some other highlights from this game, from this one over the Magic. The bench struggled in the first half, I believe in the second quarter to be exact. They even finished the night with a negative plus minus. But the bench got the Nuggets back in this game and kind of recaptured the momentum of this game in the middle of the third quarter to the middle of the fourth quarter in that second half stretch. It was led by Monte Morris. No surprise there. He had a nice game, 13 points on a clean 6-7 of seven shooting, 3 assists in 20 minutes. Him and Jamal Murray, Malik Beasley, Trey Lyles, Mason Plumlee, they outscored the Magic 26-19 during that stretch I was just talking about, that end of the third, beginning of the fourth quarter stint. It really set Denver up for the final few minutes. Paul Millsap on the broadcast after the game said, we're the deepest team in the league, and... Uh, you guys know from listening to this show. I would agree with that sentiment. The numbers bear it out. The eye test bears it out. This bench has been killing it all season. It's a huge reason for the Nuggets' hot start to this year. If you look at the minutes that these Nuggets players are playing, Nicole Yoke is playing 30 minutes a game. And I would say that's a good thing at this juncture in the season to keep his minutes down. And the Nuggets are only able to do that because this bench has been so good. Paul Millsap is playing 27 minutes a game this year. Last year, he was up above 30. And Denver's ability to keep his minutes sub-30, keep his minutes down that 26-27 range on a night-to-night basis, that's going to help them out late in the season. They're not overexpending their starters. And that's huge for a team who has their sights set on much bigger things than the regular season. And it's also huge for a team who's going through a lot of injury trouble right now. Will Barton is still out. We should hear something about his status, something about how long the Nuggets still expect him to miss either Thursday or Friday. It's been six weeks since his surgery. That's how long the Nuggets said they were going to wait until they reevaluated him. So an update on Will Barton will be coming Thursday or Friday. It might already be out by the time you listen to this show. Gary Harris, he could miss some more games here. The Nuggets' depth will be tested, and I'm not sure they're going to miss a beat. Without Will Barton, without Gary Harris, these are two really important pieces to their team, but the Nuggets' bench is playing so together right now. They're playing so well together that I think the Nuggets will be able to keep their heads above water. They can just insert Torrey Craig into the starting lineup like they did tonight. They can keep the bench rotation the same. They can have Torrey go out and do his thing. And he wasn't anything special tonight, but 
He certainly did his job. Torrey Craig, cool little stat here. Torrey Craig is the best offensive rebounder in the league for his position. Out of all small forwards, Torrey Craig has the highest offensive rebounding percentage. He pulled one down tonight in 25 minutes, finished with four rebounds. That might be his best skill right now, is crashing the glass, reading balls as they bounce off the rim and tracking down offensive and defensive rebounds. He'll probably still play around 20 to 25 minutes like what he played tonight. Malik Beasley, Monte Morris, those guys will see their minutes increased as long as Gary Harris stays out. But the Nuggets definitely will be tested here over these next uh, couple weeks or so. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll back it up. This is a tough schedule still. There's a couple more winnable games on this road trip, and then they come home for a tough two against Memphis and Oklahoma City. But I think they'll be more than up to the challenge. Let me go ahead and take another break real quick. I got one more question to get to on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. It's a really good one. I'm excited to answer it. I'll be right back here on the BSN Nuggets podcast. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out Elixinol.com. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Harrison Wind here on a Thursday edition of the show. Let me go back to Total Beverage Fan Hotline one more time tonight. Again, if you guys have questions for the show, 1-800-BSN-8394 is the number to call. Write it down. Put it in your contacts. Call us up after the games. That's when we love to hear from you guys and play your questions on the show. Any question on the Nuggets we'll take. If you got a hot take about this team, if you got a hot take about anybody in the league, we want to hear from you. 1-800-BSN-8394. 1-800-BSN-8394. Hi, my name is Jason Gruwell from San Jose, California. Uh, born and raised in Denver, though. Uh, I was calling just an exciting game uh, from this uh, from Orlando tonight. Really impressed with just the the will of the Nuggets down the stretch. I mean, couldn't hit a free throw to save their lives, uh, but still they just kind of kept with it and kept grinding and, and got some good stops and caught uh, caught a little bit of a break with uh, Murray stepping out of bounds and still able to uh, – <laughs> right, I guess they didn't review that, which was good, and, and finally knocked down a couple free throws. Uh, but just so impressed with the Nuggets' uh, defense, I think, more than anything, uh, even though Orlando was hitting everything from three, it was just really impressive to see them, even when things weren't really going right for them, to kind of just push through and, and, uh, and figure out how to get the win. I guess my question is, do you see the Nuggets being a top seed – come February when the all-star break happens. So if they're a one or two seed 
in February, do they get an all-star? Because Jokic's stats are not all that great. Um, they're, they're, they're great. He's a great player, and what he does is awesome. But he doesn't have those kind of gaudy stats. And I don't know who else would make it. I don't think Murray uh, with his stats. But they, they'd have to put someone in. If we're a top one or two seed, I mean, how do you not put, us in, put, a, put a Nuggets player in uh, to the All-Star game? So uh, exciting win tonight. Really uh, nice to get, I guess, seven in a row. And, uh, yeah, go Nuggets. Hey, Jason, thanks so much for calling in, man. I'm glad you can keep up with this team out in San Jose there, out in Warriors country. For the Nuggets to have an all-star, and the all-star I believe they'll have is Nicole Jokic. I think they got to be a top four seed when the voting happens. Maybe top five. Because the stats for Jokic aren't going to be off the charts this year. You know, he's down in almost every counting stat category from a year ago. And all the advanced stats and the RPMs and the PERs and the win shares, he's right there. But in the counting stats that most people still look at, his numbers are down. He averaged 18.5 points per game last year. He's down to 16.7 this year. He averaged 10.7 rebounds per game last year. He's down to 9.7. He averaged 6.1 assists per game last year. He's actually up to 7.5 this year. That's a good indicator of the style of play he's held for much of this season. His shooting percentages have gone down too. Shot around 50% from the field last year, shooting 48% from the field this year. He shot around 40% from three last year. He's all the way down at 31% this year. So Nicole Jokic isn't going to get in on stats. What he is going to get in on is team success. And if the Nuggets can maintain a top four seed in the Western Conference... And even if, you know, teams like they are right now, two, three, and four are separated from teams nine, 10, and 11 by just a couple games, I'm not sure how much it's going to matter. It might come down to optics, but the Nuggets got to be in a very healthy playoff positioning. I'd say top four, top five for Jokic to get an all-star berth. And that's going to be more important than the numbers he puts up. Because if he was putting up numbers equal to what he did last year, even better than what he did last year, and the Nuggets were at the bottom of the playoff picture, or even out of the playoff picture, he probably wouldn't get any consideration. But we know how these things work. We know how the Player of the Week awards work. We know how the Player of the Month awards work. Really, the underlying factor in those And to an extent, in all-star voting is team success. So if the Nuggets, I'd say, are a top four seed, Jokic will be an all-star this year. I think they'll be there. I think the start they've gotten out to, they're going to be able to maintain this positioning. And I have confidence that the Nuggets will be a top four seed when balloting is done for the all-star game. So I think he'll get in. I think this will be his first all-star appearance this year. Now, if the Nuggets maintain a second seed, Maybe if they maintain a third seed and something happens over the next two months where there's a bunch of separation, say, between maybe the top three seeds in this conference and the rest of the pack, maybe this is just a scenario. But if Golden State, Denver, and the Clippers pull away from everybody else and there's a clear tier established at the top, or even if Golden State's in their own tier and the Clippers and Denver in that second tier, but if there's some substantial separation between, say, Denver and the rest of the conference if the Nuggets are in that two or three spot. Maybe you're talking about two All-Stars. And who would that second All-Star be? 
It's probably not going to be Gary Harris because he'll probably miss too much time. It's not going to be Will Barton, obviously. He's missed too much time. It's probably not going to be Jamal Murray. The guy it could be is Paul Millsap. If the Nuggets get a second all-star, it will definitely be Paul Millsap, a guy who should be a leading candidate for defensive player of the year right now and a guy who should definitely be penciled into the all-defensive team. He would be the guy who would probably get the nod as Nuggets' second all-star maybe by a coach's decision or a coach's choice, one of those last two roster spots. But he would be the guy, if you're looking for a second all-star bid from Denver, Jokic would be the first, and he's going to get in there before Millsap. I think he'll get there as long as the Nuggets are a top-four seed, maybe like a top-five seed. I think Millsap would be the other guy, though. Thanks for the question, though. Great question. Love looking ahead to the All-Star game, even if it's taking place in Charlotte this season. It would be great if Jokic could get there, do a lot for his rep across the league. It would raise the Nuggets profile a lot, and I think he'll get there. I predicted at the beginning of the season Jokic would be an All-Star. I haven't backed off that at all. All right, guys, I think that's all I got for tonight. Thanks for listening. If you got questions, call into the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. We'll be recording another show Friday from Blake Street Tavern. Again, if you want to stop by, grab a beer on me, hit me up on Twitter, let me know if you want to come, and I'll tell you when we'll be there exactly. If you got questions for the show, 1-800-BSN-8394. 1-800-BSN-8394. Again, today we are presented by InWeGo. Talk with you guys on Friday. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network.